0: live from yesterday in his office it's the tyler grimes show starring tyler grimes tonight's guest kimmy johnson now say hello to ty ty thank you thank you (laughs) all right come on now this is a little excessive all this applause is clearly added in post-production come on let's go we got a show to get to well it's november And Thanksgiving is right around the corner, which means you might finally be halfway through our last episode, The Tyler Grimes Show Halloween Party. (laughs) Hang on a sec, I gotta clear my throat. (coughs) Boy, did I have a lot of fun making that episode, and kudos to the three or four of you who managed to make it all the way through Those two hours and 17 minutes. Your reward? Tonight will be a much shorter episode. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, you will all be very grateful to know that my usual co-host and band leader, Ferguson Collins, is out this week. He's spending the holidays with his family in a computer lab over in Silicon Valley. In his absence tonight, we have my favorite recurring guest, tonight's co-host Kimmy Johnson. Let's head on over to the late night desk. Don't you dare touch that smartphone. Here we go. Let's give it up for our co-host tonight, Kimmy Johnson. Hello. (laughs) Hello to you too. Thanks for uh, joining us once again on the Tyler Grimes Show.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: You had a a whole month off. Uh, Was it a good month off? It's a good month. Good month. Worked the whole time. Worked the whole time. (laughs) The whole month through. Uh, What are you you working on?
1: Um, Right now, I am working. Mm. I have two jobs. Uh, The the railroad
0: and the substitute teacher. (laughs) That's good.
1: I wasn't thinking about railroads.
0: Well, that's okay. What's substitute teaching, what's that like? Boy. Um.
1: Well, kids. you know how what you were like to your substitute teacher mm-hmm. when you were a kid.
0: Very, very, very disrespectful. Very
1: disrespectful. Uh, today, though, in particular, um, the kids told me when they were doing something wrong. So mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't funny. This actually is rude. But, you know, it's all right.
0: What's the worst thing you ever did to a substitute teacher?
1: I just, like, maybe slept, mm-hmm. or was on my phone, or, like, didn't do the work. But I was never, like, mean. Mm-hmm. I never would talk to the to substitute. I would just not respond.
0: We had a, um, a substitute for a while during high school in drama class when our teacher was on maternity leave, and uh, we would trick her into singing for us. What? Uh, she was a very old lady. Um, I'll, I'll not include her name. Let's call her Miss P. That was her real name. <laughs> um, and she was she was old, old as sin. And um, she would come up and she would sing these old musical theater numbers. And we'd say, you know, Miss P, Miss P, you got to sing, you got to sing. We got to learn. You're the only one who's going to learn us drama. And she'd <laughs> come to the sound of the room and she'd go, Swanny, how I loved you, how I loved you. And we would make her do that all the time. Are you it was, picturing it right I'm now? I'm picturing it right now. She, <laughs> she was um, that special type of older lady who's got the spiky hair. Mm-hmm.
1: White. Mm-hmm. White spiky oh, hair. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. A little bit of blonde left in it, but probably just from peroxide. You know what I mean? God. Yeah. Oh. She's a lovely lady. What else have you been up to lately?
1: Uh, recently, we actually, Tyler and I, went to the Cayman Islands. We did? Grand Cayman. Yeah, Grand you were there. Grand Cayman. There it is. That's what he did the whole time.
0: Yeah. I know it's not accurate, but we're on vacation.
1: But it was fun. It Came on.
0: Cayman. On. Cayman. On. Yeah. And there was a couple signs that, you know... The Grand Cayman Islands—they were founded by pirates. Mm. Um, th- you know the uh, the whole rum situation in Pirates of the Caribbean is based off largely the Grand Cayman Islands. So the water looks a lot like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies.
1: Why is the rum gone?
0: Why is the rum gone? And that's because there's actually it's actually not gone. It's got a lot of it there now. But there right. were pirates right. and they were hiding it. Right. And then the Brits came over and they were like. We want this land, and that's my British accent at this moment. <laughs> it seems like it's very far away, but it's just an hour and a half.
1: But you may be surprised—they drive on the other side of the road. Yes, it's a different currency. Yes, it's Cayman Island dollars,
0: which are more valuable than American dollars. Yeah, we got railroaded the first night. Railroad, uh, we bring it back. Yeah, we first night there we dropped a hundred and like twenty bucks
1: on like nothing—two
0: drinks each and two dinners. And we thought, well, we were getting away easy with $80, but they were in grand game-on dollars, and... It was um, it was brutal.
1: But it was a beautiful time. We went for our friend's wedding. Yes, we
0: went for our friend's wedding.
1: Beautiful wedding.
0: Kimmy actually officiated that wedding.
1: Tyler.
0: What? You did. I
1: didn't, but you did.
0: I did. I uh, have no legal standing to do so, but I did officiate the wedding. I
1: thought you, did. you were, you were well, an I aficionado.
0: Am, well, <laughs> I go to aficionado cigars. I am technically an ordained minister with the Universal Life Church. That's what I thought. Uh, you can sign up online right now for free. I signed up while during a run of a production of No Exit that I was stage managing from the Light Booth. Uh, it was the same day. There's not very many cues. I knew what was happening. I signed up in the Light Booth, and that's also when uh, I had the Tamagotchi app on my phone, and it went off during the show.
1: There was a Tamagotchi app?
0: I mean, I assume there still
1: is. We got to check on that.
0: We're going to check on the Tamagotchi app. Uh, You guys in the booth, if you can remind us to check on the Tamagotchi app later, uh, that would be great. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much. Hello.
0: So yeah, I I guess I technically I am ordained, but it's through a not real church kind of thing. It's all right. Uh, I highly recommend um, first getting friends (laughs) and then, um, you know, fostering those relationships so you get to marry someone one day. That's really cool. Um, It was very nice. And we had a great time with some great friends. But that's the Grand Cayman Islands and... Weird airport. Weird airport. This episode is brought to you by Cayman Cayman Airways. Airways. We'll get you there eventually. (gasps) Kimmy, you you have a game for
1: us? I have a game. The first game of the evening. Um, I just, I need to preface this with, I've been inspired recently. Mm -hmm. Um, Tyler and I have started just like, communicating with sounds and, mm. and grunts sometimes. Mm. Like, mm. Mm. like sometimes if I'll ask Tyler a question, <laughs> mm. that too. Sometimes if I ask Tyler a question and he doesn't know the answer to it, like, what time should I come over for Thanksgiving? And he just goes, mm. Mm. and that means I have no idea. But I'll <laughs> find out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, did you eat yet? Mm. Mm. Means, no, and
0: let's go eat. Is, is this... You trying to tell me that I grunt too much.
1: The complete opposite. Okay, I don't grunt enough. I'm up. inspired by it.
0: I was a big fan of um, Home Improvement. who grunted a lot in that oh, show. That
1: was a good show.
0: <laughs> but he's, yeah, but you he's don't not, do that. He's not a good you man. You don't do
1: that, you go, hmm.
0: He's a bad man. I still spell Santa Claus wrong because, because of, the of Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah.
1: I know that fact. Yeah,
0: uh, but continue with the game.
1: So this game um, is called, I'm not laughing, you're laughing. And basically, you have to try to laugh without smiling. And if you smile, you lose. Okay,
0: I'm ready to play. Do you want to start? You should start. I'll start. So we're both totally slack-jawed here. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I'm laughing, but I'm not smiling. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to make you smile. Correct. And if I smile before you, I lose the point. But if you smile, you lose the point. Is correct. that correct? Correct. Okay. And
1: minus, whoever gets to minus three first.
0: Great. Here we go. Uh, music, please. <laughs> that is <laughs> one point for me. Oh! Your turn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, point for Kimmy. <clears throat> she she survived that one. She survived that one. All right, Kimmy. Wait, so that should mean I should get a point, right? Well, no, that means that like we're good. Yeah, we're still one one.
1: Okay.
0: It means I didn't get a point. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Okay. The score is Kimmy two Tyler.
1: One. <sighs> one.
0: The score is Kimmy two, Tyler one.
1: No. Yes. Back in
0: it. Back in it. Okay. All right. For the win. <clears throat> no fair. She I did shimmy. a full body shimmy. All right, so Kimmy, you win, which means you get to slap me. Oh, but I didn't
1: want to. Can I just tickle you?
0: Slap, come on. Oh my My face. Oh, God. It's radio. You didn't, you could have slapped my arm. You didn't have to
1: actually slap me in the face. Uh, You know what? You were really, you you were really wanting me to slap you, though, Tyler. oh, Oh,
0: all right. Well, that's the end of that game. Thank you, Kimmy. So, on The Tyler Grimes Show, Whenever Kimmy's around, we uh, change up the format a little bit, and we sort of talk about what we are liking right now, what we're disliking right now. Um, We haven't quite committed to one particular kind of format when it's just Kimmy and I, but we recently have watched a lot of television. Would you agree? We have. Yeah.
1: And we've, like, binged it a little, which is... Which is unusually... But not like a crazy amount. Yeah, it's like maybe one or two episodes a day. Yes. And then when we get towards the end, we usually watch four episodes in one sitting.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're not doing so much that... We're, like, not paying attention. Right. We're we're doing just enough. And
1: only watching when we, like, need to know what's happening next, which I think is healthy.
0: And so we thought that today's episode uh, would would be all about the different television that we're watching. And since tonight is part two of Shall We? here on The Tyler Grimes Show, we'll be talking about part two of some of our favorite shows, including Stranger Things and Vice Principals. We both loved the first season of these two shows, and tonight we'll talk about how we think they held up in their second season.
1: Spoiler alert, there will definitely be spoilers to this part of the episode, um, so if you are not finished with The End of Stranger Things Season 2 or Vice Principals, hit that little fast-forward button. I would even hit that fast forward button. I would go back and
0: finish the Halloween episode because I know you all didn't finish it. Okay.
1: And then watch all the episodes and then mm-hmm. tune back into this around January.
0: Around January. The po- podcasts, uh, they got a shelf life of like 72 years. So is that, f- um, is that real? That is a real thing. In 72 years, they will decay and they will not be listenable anymore. Hashtag podcast truth. No way. You did not believe me for a second, did you? Oh, I really she, did until I, you
1: said the word decay. Yeah, cool. are You're very believable, forever. and I believe Thank everything you. you say usually. Oh, I believe you. Mm.
0: Always. Always. But there will be so many spoilers here. <laughs> so, um... We will not be offended if you stop listening, and frankly, we're impressed that you're even listening now. Uh, so if, if you have to change the channel, please do so. We know there's been a lot of hot takes on Stranger Things, and so we're hoping we can add some new perspective to that conversation. But Vice Principals, you probably are less familiar with than Stranger Things, uh, so we're excited to talk to you about that show.
1: I think we're ready to go.
0: All right, then. Shall we? We shall. Stranger Things Season 2. Now, before we get to Stranger Things Season 2, and, um, you know, I'm taking a podcast class right now, and they say when you have a co-host, try not to get a co-host that you agree with Hmm. everything about. However, I think we generally agree with each other a lot. Pretty much. Pretty much. And I think we're on the same page about Season 2 of Stranger Things. Is that correct? I would agree. But before we get there, let's sort of talk about our journey with season one of the show how did you find stranger things season one
1: i remember i watched it like that weekend it came out Mm -hmm. and for some reason i was convinced um if if you don't know me very well um, i'm very easily scared um but i was i was like thinking of the next thing to say so she
0: she got scared by accidentally turning the light on earlier (laughs)
1: I'm really jumpy, and really I don't jumpy. know. I was scared to watch it by myself. Truth, truth. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't like watch it all immediately because I thought it was going to be scary, and I was scared. But it wasn't like something that like it wasn't
0: too it wasn't much like horror. Yeah, it, but has it was little elements of all very these things,
1: right? mysterious. So um, it took me like a, weeks. Like it wasn't like a one week kind of thing for me. Um, but what was your experience? I very clearly
0: remember uh, seeing the poster. For the first uh-huh. season of Stranger Things, and I remember seeing the um, the three wide-eyed boys, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas, on their bicycles in the woods, uh, staring down at this overturned bicycle, and um, it was immediately like all my favorite things in the world. Um, I grew up watching a lot of um, a lot of the movies that this show is very clearly right away from the poster paying homage to some people will say that, um, this might be the show's greatest weakness is that maybe it's uses the eighties as too much of a crutch. Um, but I've never felt that, um, especially with that first season, um, it did feel like a loving homage, but it did feel like a wonderful combination of all these things that I, I, I loved so dearly. Um, and that first season, like Kimmy said, I think is so remarkable because it's a couple of different movies happening at once, right? Yeah. You have the kids who are in this great E.T. riff science fiction story. You have, um, these two teens who are in this great, uh, horror movie nightmare on Elm Street type thing where, um, they're battling this monster that can come through different dimensions and they can't quite get a hold of it. And then you have these adults who are in this great eighties spy movie, right. Where you can't trust anybody. And, um, you're in these, you have these three very distinct styles and, um, watching the characters, um, find out different pieces of the puzzle, and having the whole picture, but not knowing that if they all came together, they would have the whole picture, was very thrilling in that first season. And you all know this. I mean, you're all most likely pretty big fans of Stranger Things, because that that first season is really terrific. It's had a very profound effect on me, particularly the music. The score had a, a very, um, still to this day has a very impactful um, presence in my life. And perhaps like, Maybe that's the thing that will like stand the test of time more than anything and probably does what the show wishes it could do the whole time of paying homage to the 80s while being its own unique thing. And it's it's like an evolution of ideas in the 80s where maybe the show Stranger Things isn't always that. The music always is, if that makes sense.
1: That does make sense. I'm following. Uh,
0: um, What would you say is your favorite thing about season one of Stranger Things?
1: Hmm. I think it's just the friendship Mm -hmm. between the boys and Eleven. Um, And those kids are so good. They're Mm -hmm. incredible actors. Um, And I liked their relationship and how they communicated and how... They rode their bikes. I mean, just everything about it. Mm -hmm. They were my favorite. They are. They were my favorite part of season one.
0: I think what my favorite thing, aside from the music, I think was how well the emotional beats landed for me. Hmm. I felt very emotional that whole first season. And um, on repeat viewings, I've seen that first season quite a bit. There's different times where I think I'm always concerned of like, I think because of our theater training, perhaps you think this as well, Of that I always ask myself, whose play is this? Mm. Uh, Like, whose story? And I think perhaps that's limiting in a television show or a movie where it can be multiple people's stories, but the theater person in me is always looking for who's that one person whose story this is. And for me, the more I've watched it, the more I felt like it was Hopper's story. And I feel like that mostly because I think he has the, for me personally, the best emotional payoff in that season one, where when they're in the upside down and he's having those flashbacks of his daughter who was dying from something that they couldn't understand, who sees this boy who's been missing and is dying from this thing that nobody understands. And he's able to save him. And I feel like that beat lands for me every time. I've seen that final episode a whole bunch, the emotional beats really landed for me.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, they take you there. Yeah. They really do. And it's in the writing and everything is so tight and specific and is always working towards something else.
0: But we're (laughs) not here to talk about season one of Stranger Things. We're here to talk about
1: season season two. two.
0: Can you sum up season two in a sentence?
1: We knew about everything most of the time. Period. Okay.
0: <laughs> I guess this is sort of a cheat because I kind of tweeted this. Stranger Things built season two as a sequel. They called it Stranger Things 2, right? Hmm. Um, like you would with a movie, not with a television program. And I think in perhaps its greatest 80s homage yet, Stranger Things season two or Stranger Things 2, like every other sequel from the 80s, was a complete and utter disappointment. Hmm and let's dig in. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to two people who did not like season two of Stranger Things.
1: We we didn't have the same experience as season one. Which is okay. Which is okay. We wouldn't have wanted the same experience. Correct. But I felt like it was kind of, I And mean, we watched every episode together, where in mm. season one we did not watch every episode, yeah. but we watched a, a, a handful of them. Um, it was like the episode ended, and we would just kind of turn our heads to each other. Mm-hmm. Like after episode one, we were so excited and so like okay, but then really, uh, the entirety of episode one could have happened in five minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the show began with like uh, let's catch up with the cast, right? And there was not a single beat of action. The only like, action-y part was perhaps Will having its his first very profound upside-down flashback or vision, whatever he was having. But we saw all of that in the trailer. And that right. trailer did a better job of catching us up on all these characters than the whole hour-long episode did. It felt like the show was broken almost right away from a storytelling perspective where um, it was tough to connect character motivation to action almost right away. I felt very confused about why all of a sudden Nancy was so back on the barb train. And I guess season one does, hap- does take place over like a week, right?
1: Oh, um, yeah, I guess that's true. And
0: then almost a year passes, but the barb thing feels so fresh... Whereas it didn't seem like Nancy's main motivation in season one, although I guess to an extent it was, it it all felt a little forced in season two. Would you agree?
1: I would agree. It kind of just came out of nowhere and was her main driving force. And then that whole sort of storyline, we were like, what are they doing? Like Nancy yeah. and Jonathan, what are they doing together? And was very unclear.
0: Yeah. So again, it's a sequel. So we have to retrace our steps and we have to put Nancy and Jonathan together. Whereas one of the great ways I think season one sort of undermined our expectations was by putting Nancy and Steve back together at the very end. Yeah. And it felt like the writers by episode two were like, we made a terrible mistake. We got to split them up as soon as possible. Which they did. The Nancy Jonathan storyline was just, it was bad this time around. Just very confusing. It was unclear where they were. There were these leaps in logic that it was asking us to make that were difficult to make. You have the great Brett Gelman and just not doing anything in it. And Jonathan felt like a different person. And I guess he would be different from his experiences in season one, right?
1: Yeah, but all of his experiences in season one were just will driven
0: and like should have made him a stronger person. You would think. Not this weaker person, and we don't understand why all of a sudden he's a weaker person.
1: But I wonder if it's because the scenes were no longer about him. Mm -hmm. Like, now it's like, oh, I'm doing this for Nancy kind of thing.
0: And now I'm doing this for Barb.
1: But he didn't didn't even really know Barb, did he? Yeah. No.
0: No. I mean, he took that picture of her. Right. And he was the first one who saw Barb get, like... Taken. taken. Um, poor poor Mike had nothing to do just
1: gonna the whole
0: time. He was totally useless from episode to episode. Um, which there's a lot of... My, season one's very Mike-heavy. And so it's cool to give the other characters some motivation. I guess these are semantics. And I guess you can... I mean, yes, you can hold any moment of any show up to a microscope or a magnifying glass and find all the flaws in it. And you can probably go back and do this in, in season one. And you could probably have an experience like Kimmy and I had with season two where we just were miserable the whole time. But I think you can get away with little plot holes if the emotional payoff is still worth it. And I felt nothing emotionally all of season two. I don't know. Except
1: confusion.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But there was not one emotional beat.
1: (laughs) We just wanted to so badly. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't there.
0: So then, of course, there's episode seven, which is, um, an episode that is definitely a point of contention and among every Stranger Things fan that I've talked to, um, where we follow Eleven as she tracks down someone else who was experimented on at Hawkins Lab with her, Mm -hmm. um, someone that she affectionately calls Sister, um who uh, we later find out has an eight tattoo. And so if 11 is the 11th experiment, uh, Jane is revealed as 11's name, right? Um, Eight would be a few iterations earlier. And we saw eight at the opening of the whole show, um, getting away during what looked like a bank robbery. And we see that eight has very different powers and that she runs with a crew of like rough rough-and-tumble type people. If you remember from the last episode that Kim and I did together, we talked about backdoor pilots, which are seemingly non-sequitur episodes disguised and hidden in a season of television. Whether or not that's what the creators intended, that's certainly what could be inferred.
1: Seemed like it.
0: That we were trying to maybe have a spinoff that would focus on this Suicide Squad-esque group of bank robbers. And it's pretty unfulfilling.
1: And I remember at the end of that episode when we were like, "Mm -hmm." Uh, Tyler's like, what's the takeaway here? Because all Eleven did was just, like, learn how to be angrier and, like, channel her anger, which I guess she ends up using in the Mm -hmm. final episode. But it was, like, bringing out all of the negative things and and how her quote-unquote sister was encouraging that. It just felt very backwards and manipulative. Yep. And it's like, what is that? What purpose is this serving other than to make her angrier and focus on her negative?
0: Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're going to justify it as something, that's not a backdoor pilot, you could, you could really reach and say that episode seven is stranger things, version of Luke, going to the Dagobah system to be trained by Yoda, right? That we have our, uh, our hero, in Stranger Things case, 11, um, who has these powers going off on their own, away from our main characters to get trained by somebody, right? And she tracks down eight. Like Kimmy just said, this is, I think, a wonderful example of the pitfalls of season two of the, the big thing 11 learns In season one is how to trust and love other people because she came from an environment where she was abused and trust was tough the idea of friendship was new to her and love and trust and friendship is what saved everyone in season one right and that's why Eleven was able to sacrifice herself and here we are just a a couple of television hours later and the big thing Eleven is learning is how hate makes her even stronger. And it that feels like a betrayal of what Eleven was about. That doesn't feel like a step forward. It feels like a step back. And so you have this wonderful character who goes from learning such a wonderful lesson during season one to a lesson that conflicts it. Unfortunately, because Eleven does come in to save the day in the last moment in a very uninteresting sort of way. Essentially what the show is saying is that hate is stronger than love and friendship and trust. And that kind of sucks.
1: It does kind of suck. And then they go to the homecoming dance. (laughs) Just is very backwards.
0: Yeah. It was all convenient. I mean, everything Mm, was so convenient. um, There's a terrible, terrible scene where they're trying to sort of uh, exercise will um, mm. as this uh, the shadow monster has possessed him, because uh, Will's a spy. Will's brother and mother and Mike are telling stories uh, about how great of a person Will is. And poor Finn Wolfhard has to give this absolute crap monologue as Mike about how on the first day of kindergarten, he didn't have any friends. And Will came and sat down, Next to him. <laughs> and it makes him such a good person. The only thing I remember from kindergarten is that I fell off the jungle gym on the first day and I ripped my shirt and my friend Sam threw up on me when a robot came to visit us. A That's robot. all I remember, <laughs> okay? And nobody has friends in kindergarten. You have, mm-hmm. And nobody doesn't talk to anybody in kindergarten. Again, it, it, it's. I think the whole season could have used... It was like watching the first draft
1: of of, of a television show. Needed some work Um, and some more thought. If there was
0: one shining light in season two of Stranger Things, aside from Dustin's increased usage of swear words, um, aside from Lucas and Max's love story, which I thought was very interesting in moments and very troublesome in other moments... And ultimately, unfulfilling, not any of these actors' fault. None of this is about the acting. No. I mean, it, it maybe um, the Red Power Ranger who played Max's older brother. Maybe maybe that was the only bad acting in the whole thing. Wait, who? Max's older brother. The mullet guy. That was the oh. Red Power Ranger in the Power Ranger movie.
1: Oh. With a wig. Oh, the my mullet. God. Yeah. Is he wearing a gonna... wig?
0: Oh, this is something This is something that I wonder all the time. When people have heads of hair, is it a wig?
1: Tyler may have asked that question 25 times
0: um, while we were watching that. Oh, is he yeah. Wearing, is he wearing a wig? Mm-hmm. The, lo- the other bright light... Um,
1: who may or may not have been wearing a wig.
0: Who may or may not have been wearing a wig is uh, the great Sean Astin, 80s icon, should have won Best Supporting Actor uh, for his role of as Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings Return of the King. His monologue work on that film is fantastic. He is a treasure and an icon. And it's wonderful seeing him in a movie again. Uh, it's not even a movie. to tell... It's not a movie. It's wonderful seeing him on the big screen yet again. And uh, he's playing this total loser, which is perfect for Sean Astin because that's what he played all the 80s. I will say the one truly genuine, emotional, thrilling moment I had was... Um, so season two's version of the Christmas tree lights is uh, Will's drawings throughout the the buyer's home. The entire house. Um, Sean Astin quickly discovers that it's a map. And he, almost winking at the camera, says, what's well, at the end of it? Pirate treasure? The the Goonies fan in me. I was very satisfied by that moment. And maybe, you know, maybe fan service is why this show struggles so much. But that was a moment that really landed for me. Sean Astin following a map, trying to solve puzzles, made my heart very, very happy.
1: He was just a good guy, and he meant so well. Who
0: gave the worst advice. Terrible advice. Who, I mean, he's the reason everything happened. Happened, and he deserved to die because of it. But again, the emotional moments don't land in this show, in this season of this show, because the one truly emotional moment is trying to be Bob's death, but we've only known him for a couple of hours, and it's not fulfilling.
1: Well, that was something you were trying to figure out, too. It's like, Something that Tyler does is he can, like, predict things that happen or at least, like, moments that will happen. Whether or not, like, it's the person that was supposed to be killed. Uh, He can feel that it's coming. And so he's like, is Hopper going to die? Is Bob going to die? Who's going to die? And I don't know why I started talking about this.
0: I wanted Hopper to die. um, Because that would have had a strong emotional moment. Because
1: we didn't know about him. That's where that came from. And
0: again, you don't want it to be the same as season one but you want it to be as rigorous. You want it to be as interesting. You want it to grow from season one. Yes. And it felt like a total backstep and a backtrack. I didn't see any growth this season.
1: No, it just kind of seemed like they were like planting things to please the audience Mm. and then also had one thing happening really throughout the entire nine episodes Mm -hmm. that then you see happen and you kind of predict who's going to be killed and what's going to happen, and then it happens, and then it ends. I think
0: what Kimmy's hinting at here is I think the biggest problem with season two for me is it felt like somebody who watched season one of stranger things then went and wrote season two. It felt like a fan fandom wrote season two and it felt like fan service. And so this is the interesting question that the show brings up for me is when a show gets as big as stranger things did, and it was a cultural phenomenon and you're trying to pump out nine hours of new content in less than a year, where's the line between what the creators want and what they think the audience wants? If Barb had become, had not become such a big social media star, would Nancy have been as consumed with her? Um, If, people hadn't gotten so attached to Steve and his baseball bat, would he all of a sudden have become the guy who carries around his baseball bat all the time?
1: Right.
0: Um, there were moments like this throughout. Um, there's a moment where 11 finally reunites with everybody towards the end of the season and Joyce Winona's character greets her like they're old friends, but it's unclear if they've ever even met before. Um, you don't see them ever interacting during season one. And if she went to hiding, then they would not have known each other. Um,
1: it just didn't line up.
0: It didn't. It didn't. And, um,
1: or it lined up too much.
0: And even, and even <laughs> I don't know. And even Dustin, who um, is so expertly performed, um, everyone just felt like a caric- caricature of themselves. Mm. But what was also really cool about season one was the characters weren't always right all the time they were wrong and they made mistakes. And that's interesting because then they're more human. Whereas in season two, everyone was just always right the whole time. It Whoa. was, we yeah, always go right. from one place to the other. We always know exactly what we're doing and
1: they get what they need and they get what they want. Hmm. Yeah. That's it's weird.
0: So Kimmy, this has been very tangential and, um, perhaps we should have prepared.
1: Um, Yeah, we just said Stranger Things. Yeah,
0: we said Stranger Things. That's all, the script right now says Stranger Things. Why don't you uh, wrap up your thoughts for me? Stranger Things, season two.
1: We wanted so much more, but still watched the whole thing. You know, we Mm -hmm. never gave up, but it left us a little unsatisfied. Dissatisfied? Whichever. Both. Both.
0: Here's my plea. At the end of the day, season two of Stranger Things, I do not blame the actors. I do not blame the Duffer brothers. I do not blame the fans. I blame the lack of quality or our perceived lack of quality purely on Netflix.
1: Hmm.
0: Netflix. I know you're listening. I beg of you do not let us see a new episode of stranger things in the year 2018 please please let them take their time to write season 3 i beg of you you have all the money in the world let this happen let this let the writing get in the shape it was in in season 1 when these two guys have worked there for years on this story. Let them have that same time. Let them tell the story when they're going to tell it. If that means that the the kids are in high school, fine. If it means Nancy and Jonathan um, have to go off to college, Jonathan probably has to because he got caught with doing cocaine in real life at the airport. But you know, if they got to go off to college, you know, if it's got to be happy days and. And the brother's going upstairs never to be seen again. That's fine, but please give them the time to do what they want to do. Do not meddle, because I feel like you were meddling in season two, Netflix. Amen. Amen. Uh, Kimmy, let's take a trip to the bulletin board.
1: Do-do-do. Oh, wait, there's a song here. Hey, welcome back to the bulletin board. We're going to talk about...
0: Bulletin boards. Yeah, this is uh, the Tyler Grimes show, where our commercial is always a commercial for the Tyler Grimes show. The bulletin board's a chance for us to sort of let you know what's going on in our lives. for example, um, I helped launch another podcast recently uh, back in October, uh, Listen Well, a Love Well podcast is a podcast that I created for the Love Institute for the Creative Arts, which is the organization that I work for, uh, writing musicals with students around the world. That's right. That's my job full time. If you're listening, you know that. Um That's true. Because I have no listeners that I don't know and um listen well can be found on itunes and soundcloud just like this little little podcast and um right now uh you can listen to the entire audio of musicals that students wrote throughout the history of the level program and each episode has about 15 minutes at the beginning with uh behind the scenes interviews with the original creators of the show Uh, it's a pretty cool podcast and i hope you subscribe and um let me know what you think.
1: Should definitely check it out. Thanks. While you are scrolling through iTunes and you subscribe to uh, Listen Well um, and you haven't subscribed to The Tyler Grimes Show yet, you definitely need to because can you hear those sleigh bells ringing? Ringling, dingling, dingling, do. Next month, December, there will be a Christmas episode of The Tyler Grimes Show.
0: That's right. And guess what? My Christmas present to you, it won't be two hours and 15 minutes long. Uh, But we will have a Christmas episode. It's going to be three hours and 15 minutes long. Yeah, you SOBs. Just kidding. You'll never be able to turn it off. It's come with a virus. You download it and your whole phone can never stop playing it. There will be a Christmas episode next month. Um, And I do say Christmas. I, I, I will try and have... Equal representation with other holidays. There will be some singing. There will mm-hmm. be some dancing. And um, hopefully uh, an original story. Maybe. We'll see. But the holidays are here. There's a new Hanson Christmas album. We can't wait. That we are, we have waited to listen to until after wait. Thanksgiving. We mm-hmm. put the embargo on ourselves. Um, we have other exciting things happening soon, I'm sure. But uh, thanks for stopping by the bulletin board. Hey, we're back.
1: Hey. Hello.
0: Hello. Let's play our
1: second game. I have no idea what this is. Tyler's doing the dance.
0: We are gonna play my favorite late-night talk show game of all time straight from Late Night with David Letterman. We are gonna play Will It Float! Whoa! I have three objects in front of me, and we are going to see if they float or if they sink. In a moment, we will go item by item, and Kimmy and I will discuss whether or not we think it will float or it will sink, and then you at home can shout as loud as you want from wherever you are whether you think it will float or it will sink. Are you ready, Kimmy? I'm ready. Our first item is a banana sort of still in the peel. Kimmy, do you <laughs> think it will sink or will it float?
1: Ugh, I think it's going to sink.
0: I I think you're right. Here we go. Drum roll, please.
1: Oh. The banana
0: is floating.
1: Oh my gosh. We were
0: both wrong. I mean,
1: I, I had a feeling that I... That, that it would. Wow. But I said no, because I was like, it's heavy.
0: What about you at home? Were you correct? The banana is floating. Wow, it sounds like some of you might have been. All right. Mm. Let's take that banana out of here. I should have brought some paper towels up here. (laughs) Next, (laughs) we'll put it right here. Next for Will It Float, we have these potholders I found downstairs while filling up this bucket of water. Mm. Kimmy, will it sink or will it float? I think it's going to float. I'm going to say it's going to sink. Okay. Uh, these are rubber uh, pot holders. So, you at home, shout it out. Let's hear what you think. All right. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Okay. It sunk. It sunk. That's definitely sick. It looked like it was about to float. Because though.
1: it's gaining weight because it's filling up.
0: Oh, uh, well, well, maybe.
1: No, I mean, that's yeah, what happened. that's probably right. I'm, d- I'm still wrong. Well, yeah. Let's, well, yeah. Let's see. Oh, okay. Let's see. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's definitely
0: sinking. It's, it's a sinker. A goo. All right. And last but not least. Oh, were you right at home? Nice. nice, nice. Good for you. I
1: know. I thought it was going to float, too.
0: All right. Um, so, Kimmy, you are, you have not gotten right yet, have you? No. All right. I Our thought last you were one. gonna tell
1: me I was the third object. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, where my mind went, because I was like, he said three, and he brought up two objects, and so Kimmy, you are object number three. Get in the bowl. <laughs> Take a bath. <laughs> oh, he's in a stitch. Oh man. And
0: and that's will it float, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen? Thank you so much for playing. Um, straight from Late Night with David Letterman, that was Will It, it Float! Float. Uh, so, Kimmy, we have um, our next show that we're talking about. What What is that next show?
1: It is called Vice Principles.
0: Vice Principles. Vice
1: Principles, which I, um, actually watched season one and season two relatively, um, close to one another. In yeah. fact, I think we finished season one and started season two but anyway vice principals it's a show about you guessed it vice principals and there are two vice principals of this school who essentially are competing to be the principal it is their number one thing to become the principal of north jackson high school um and you know in season one do you want me to talk about this?
0: Yeah, let's talk about how we've how we both discovered season one. We don't have to give necessarily like a full plot to rundown, but let's talk about it.
1: But they kind of like do some terrible things and team up. It is Danny McBride and Walton Goggins, um, a match made in heaven, right here. In least. my opinion, yeah. This is the most I've seen either of them do. Tyler will have a different um, answer. Not answer, but. You've seen more Different of their experience. work, yeah. So, like, this is just what I know these incredible comedians and actors as. Um, but Tyler knows them better than I. I was saying, they're a great team, and we got to watch season two entirely together, both of them. Yeah, we watched them both entirely together.
0: Vice Principals was uh, created by Danny McBride, who stars in it along mm-hmm. with Jodie Hill. They're a team that have done some of my favorite comedy. Uh, of the last several years. Their first movie was The Foot Fist Way, which I love dearly. And then they were the creative minds behind my favorite comedy program, maybe of all time, Eastbound and Down. And they specialize in these very blue-collar, seemingly terrible people um, who do have little shreds of humanity somewhere in them. Uh, Their there are shows uh, and movies about people who I think the majority of this country would dismiss as being um, awful or beneath them and ignorant. The characters in these shows would be antagonists in any other show ever. Yeah. But they're the the heart... The, They do an amazing job of finding the heart in these characters. And in season one, these two vice principals team up to take down the principal of their school, and they do some horrible things. And again, spoilers. There are lots of spoilers. Mm. They burn down uh, the principal's house. They try to get the teachers turned against this principal. They try to dose the football team with LSD, uh, so they lose a football game. They do all these horrible, horrible things, but the style of comedy is so illuminating because you always understand why they're doing what they're doing, even if you don't agree with it. And I think that's a really difficult line to balance of like, how do you show horrible people while not validating what they're doing? Uh, And that's tricky. And I don't think they ever, you're, you're never agreeing with them. You're, you can't believe that they're doing what they're doing, but you understand it even if you don't agree with it.
1: At first that was really overwhelming and something I just had to accept and get over because Tyler had already seen season one and we were re-watching it together so that we could watch season two. And I just was like, ugh. Like I felt like it, it was like cringe worthy what they were doing, but then you just learned to just love them so much. But I actually had to like tell myself to get over how horrible these acts were in order for me to love the show. And then once I did, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I get it now.
0: I was really nervous to show Kimmy the show because I didn't want her to think I was a scumbag for (laughs) loving the show and for loving Eastbound and Down so much. Um, But again, finding that these one-note pig-headed caricatures are actually real humans who have the same insecurities that we do that have the same motivations we do. They just don't go about doing them in the same way. I think it's pretty illuminating.
1: It's just so extreme and surprising, but it works because it brings it back down.
0: Both seasons, each about eight episodes each were filmed all at once. Um, But there was a year break between airing airtime. And so they knew, Two seasons, that's all we're doing to tell our story. We're not going to drag it on. We know what we're doing. And season one ends with um, the main protagonists, played by Danny McBride and Walton Goggins, uh, Neil Gamby and Lee Russell, both getting the principal out of their school and both becoming interim principals. But then it ends on a pretty intense cliffhanger. Do you want to talk about the cliffhanger from season one?
1: So the end of season one... Gambi, Danny McBride gets shot by like this person in a mask, you don't know who it is, obviously it's a horrifying mask. Horrifying mask, and he's just in the parking lot and just gets shot twice. And then it and then it ends. No. It ends. And then yeah. it ends. And I was just watching this for the first time right when season 2 finally dropped and Tyler has been waiting a year with this information. It's so shocking, right? You're not expecting this. He gets shot in the parking lot.
0: And it's not shocking in the in the sense that like we don't believe that that could have happened. It's shocking in the sense that oh man, of course somebody shot him. He he needs to like he can't get what he wanted becoming principal without being punished for all the terrible things he did because they did horrible things to get what they wanted.
1: The phrase, of course, somebody shot him is surprising, but they go there. That's the thing. They'd like take the risks.
0: And what's really cool. We talked a little bit during stranger things about how we were, we kept wondering how much of this is being written to tell, to serve the story and how much is being written to serve the audience. And what's really cool about a show that filmed everything at once before the first episode even aired was that season two could not be affected by the audience's opinion of season one. Very true. Because it was in the can. It It was all done. done, It was completed. And I think that they just knew the story they wanted to tell. They knew how long they wanted to tell it. And season two, top to bottom, would you say was absolutely spectacular?
1: It was so satisfying.
0: Uh, Talk to us about it. Amazing.
1: Um, So right off the bat, you know, they just take everything to the next, I mean, to like the 12th level. This Um, is
0: later that semester of the same school year.
1: And uh, Neil Gamby is healing, but during his recovery time, he has turned his basement, or no, that doesn't even happen yet. He just tries to figure out who his quote-unquote murderer murderer is.
0: And in that meantime, Lee Russell the other vice principal who he was frenemies with has taken over as principal of north jackson high school taken
1: over and changed everything about the school including its mascot yeah um into a tiger which that comes back later but gamby takes like extreme measures and like is like a detective because he's like no one else is going to figure this out so i have to figure this out myself transforms his basement into like his
0: It's like murder room. He's like trying to figure out who tried to kill him. Mm. Um, And
1: all of his suspects.
0: And he's very broken about this. He had a relationship that he developed with a teacher during season one that he has uh, neglected. He has moved back in with his ex-wife and her husband and his daughter. And we see that his life's not in a very good spot, whereas his frenemy... Has gotten everything he wanted. He has a new house, a new car. He's the principal of the school, and slowly Gambi comes back to the school to figure out who who shot him. Um, but it becomes about more than that, right? Um, it becomes about reacclimated to the school, and we go back to the that old tension uh, between Russell and Gambi because now Russell's his superior and. Um, is probably even more of a monster than Gamby. I mean, definitely more of a monster than Gamby is, would you say? He's scary. And he's sad. And you understand why these characters are so horrible. And in season one, you got a great look at Danny McBride's character, Neil Gamby's life, home life. But you didn't get the best look at Russell's, Walton Goggins. And in season two, you get a, a pretty interesting look at how at his life and why he is the way he is.
1: It is really sad, mm-hmm. but it—it's also like, but you're also terrible, a terrible person and a liar. Terrible. You—you you, you can't tell if he's telling the truth, and he is such a brilliant actor. I mean, he's never not doing something.
0: His physicality, his vocalization, he. It's brilliant. Um, he's a brilliant actor, and it's it's just a showcase for him. And Deanna McBride's doing a lot of the stuff that he does very well. Um, I don't think anyone plays stupid with a heart of gold quite like he does. <laughs> um, but the stuff Walton Goggins is doing, is it's a master class in, yeah. in, in how to be manipulative and how to, to be switching tactics like that. I mean, just going through everything, and they're both very brave and... Um, Brave actors, I think. I
1: mean, and it's a brave script. I mm-hmm. think they really go there and it is all character driven and they bring everything back and things happen so fast and when you're least expecting them. And it was just such a wonderful way to end the series, but also like follow up an equally great season. Yeah. But by really going there, by taking those crazy risks and. and... That worked.
0: Maybe we won't end up spoiling who shot Gamby at the end of season one, but the show does reveal it. And when when you have a reveals like that, I feel like you're sort of setting yourself up for disappointment as mm-hmm. an audience member, Yeah. Uh, as a writer for your audience. I mean, speaking for me personally, I was shocked by how not disappointed I was. Mm-hmm. I felt very satisfied by finding out who had tried to shoot him. It had made sense. It wasn't like some person was all of a sudden crazy or had some secret motive the motive was there the whole time um and so the the writing there is just so spectacular and um season two was mostly directed by david gordon green and david gordon green has a bunch of wonderful films out into the universe that you must check out and he directed a lot of eastbound and down as well david gordon green and danny mcbride are writing the new halloween movie which is very exciting Um, and David Gordon Green is going to direct it and there was all synth music in season two so I'm very excited about that. It made me even more excited that these two comedians can actually do horror because Mm. I mean it's their work is about the horrors of real life of being a middle-aged man with no personal life uh, an ex-wife a kid who hates him about not living up to your parents expectations and um, your children's expectations it's about the ho- your, your coworkers. It's about the horrors of real life. And I, I think they do a wonderful job of that.
1: They really do. That was a great point, but we did finish stranger things before we finished vice principals. Yes. And it was cool to have like a really satisfying season season two mm-hmm. that had us sitting up in bed, you know, needing to watch the next episode and smiling and laughing our way through it all. Yeah. That was really special.
0: You can watch Vice Principals on HBO, the home box office. All right, up next, before we uh, get closer to the end of our episode, uh, we're going to crank call my sister.
1: You have reached the voicemail box of, at the tone, please record your voice message. When you are finished recording, you may hang up or press pound for more
0: options. How dare you not answer the phone! You hear me, B? Why didn't you answer the phone? B? Why didn't you answer the phone? Yeah, I was calling you, I was trying to crank call you on my show. You're ruining my show! Oh, call me again! No, I, everyone's everyone Everyone's hearing! Everyone's it's it a live show! Oh, I got scared! I got scared! I was trying to call you from the Google phone! Oh, I got scared. i s oh. I s I'm gonna call you back, you better answer. I got scared. I'm calling you back.
1: Yeah. Did we leave a voicemail of that? Yep. That's good. Save it forever. Hello? Help! Help me! Help us, please! We're trapped.
0: I don't know where we're at. <coughs> I think we're in a coal mine or something. My flashlight just turned off. You had a flashlight. You we're turning blue. <laughs> help us! Where are you? Help! Are you there? <laughs> I think I think you have the wrong number. No! No, this is the right number. You're number one on my speed dial. Please help us. (laughs) Uh. Who is this? Who is this? Uh, You know (laughs) who it is.
1: You can't hear voices. Sarah, you told me to call you. (laughs) (laughs) We never needed anything. You said you'd Number one, (laughs) ice. In case of emergency, Sarah. Uh.
0: the sound of us dying. You murdered us. Oh. Yeah. Rest in peace. Okay, bye. 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 I think that went really well. <laughs> I think that went well, being Okay. Okay. Hopefully, you all will be listening to this before Thanksgiving.
1: Um, when is Thanksgiving this year? What day is it this year? I think it's on Thursday Thursday this year. It's on a Thursday this year.
0: And um, we're going to help get you into the Thanksgiving spirit. And uh, Kimmy, what do you have for us today?
1: I have a very special surprise. Um, Somewhere in my early years... Um, I wrote a little story, um, about Thanksgiving. Um, I think I was maybe eight or nine at the time and, um, it was something I had to do in school and it involved coloring and I found it. Wow. Um, And I, you know, it's, it's glued on construction paper. It's been taped up many times. Okay. Oh, it looks like it was written... Um, on the back of a paper that says, see how many words you can make out of Thanksgiving. And Mm. I didn't.
0: Not a one. Complete it. blank.
1: So maybe we can do that, uh, later. Mm -hmm. But, um, I have asked Tyler to read this story to you all, um, tonight. It's, it's, you know, it's never been read out loud before, but we did tape it up in, in the dining room. Okay. Um, I did read it one Thanksgiving, but it hasn't really been read since, uh, Tyler hasn't read it. Um, So this is a cold, ice-cold read, Um, but it's called um, At the Pow Wow.
0: Okay, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the first time, written by Kimmy Johnson, the Native American Pow Wow. Once upon a time, my name was Chella. I was a Native American. I asked my Gigao, if I could go to the powwow. My gigao said, yes, you can go to the powwow. Then I saw my friend Kayla. She is a very nice friend. We asked Kayla's gigao if she could go to the powwow with me. Kayla's gigao said, yes, you can go to the powwow with Chella. Stay with her. Don't get lost. Have a great time at the powwow. Kayla and I danced for a long time. I had a great time with Kayla at the powwow. Thank you. I mean, I- I'm surprised that you weren't tapped for more storytelling, because um, that was pretty powerful. But let's also hear what eight-year-old Kimmy was thankful for. All right. <clears throat> uh, name. Kimberly Johnson. Hmm. On Thanksgiving, I will be thankful for turkey, pie, corn, mashed potatoes, and my family. I am also thankful for my puppy, Goldie. I am also thankful for my friends. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I am also thankful for my teachers. My cousins are coming over.
1: <laughs> oh, That's the end. That's the end. My cousins are coming over. Coming and, spelled C-O-M-E-I-N-G.
0: And there's a little color, um, there's a little drawing of Kimmy and Goldie. Oh. And Kimmy gave herself some Crazy lipstick! <laughs> oh just my god! Pink
1: crayon, like the crayon wasn't sharp. You no, know? It, was it was just a dull,
0: smudged. Pink crayon. Um, you know, we um, there's there's a lot of um, movies about Christmas mm-hmm. and Hanukkah and Halloween, um, but there's really only one good movie about Thanksgiving, and that's *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles*. Mm-hmm. And even. Thanksgiving episodes of television shows are not very good, right? No. Uh, Friends got- has the classic ones, Friendsgiving. right? Friendsgiving. They always had a, a, a Friends Thanksgiving episode. Um, How I Met Your Mother always had good Thanksgiving episodes. Terrible show. Terrible show. But Slapsgiving, right? That was right. Always, That was always a thing. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, remember when Kimmy slapped me earlier?
1: I won't do it again.
0: Thanks. My face still hurts. Mm. Um... But wouldn't it be cool if there was like a whole show about Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah. I think it should be called Turkey Day.
0: Turkey Day. Yep. Um, whole show about Thanksgiving. That would mean, um, so every season, how how many episodes in a season? Comedy? 25? 20? 20. Let's say there's 20 episodes. It's hard to have, you probably wouldn't be doing one Thanksgiving, right?
1: No, it would have to be like 20, 20 Thanksgiving. Thanksgivings. So
0: like this takes place over 20 years.
1: Yeah, it's like one family.
0: One family over what's, twenty years. So what's the family's name?
1: Uh, the Gigaus.
0: The Gigaos. and so the Gigaos, they are upper upper middle class, but Absolutely. they used—but they came from like upper middle, like upper class, not mm-hmm. upper middle class. They are upper middle class. Yeah, they were really wealthy, but they lost all their money um, in the turkey business. In the turkey. In the turkey. <laughs> Um, That first fateful Thanksgiving and so well
1: because it was it was uh, their understanding that like inside the turkey is 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 where you need to hide everything
0: if you I mean? That's why they call it stuffing the turkey Mm -hmm. and they stuffed your with all their valuables Mm -hmm. and then of course the dog got it Uh, and Grandma was chasing the dog around but the dog ate the turkey with all their valuables so Every year, it was about them building back up to that first Thanksgiving. And it took 20 years, it which is pretty years. amazing. Yeah,
1: it's still um, called Turkey Day.
0: It's still Turkey Day. And each year, the Gigaws get a little better at it. Um, where are some of the Gigaw family members?
1: Uh, there's uh, Papa. Papa. Uh, Mama. Mama. And uh, Sarah.
0: <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Second Papa. Uh- second papa. There's, there's two dads. It's, they they, there's like a, it's a cool marriage. It's a cool so marriage. So there's three adults in it. Three people married. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's also a little boy named Tommy.
0: Tummy. Tommy. Tommy. Um, Tommy Gigao is, uh, the, is the littlest boy. Um, then there's the grandma. Uh, but she she's not around for very long because you can only have a couple years with your grandma at Thanksgiving, oh so I like halfway through season one you got a, you got Sally Field playing playing grandma, well, yeah. but you can't get Sally Field for 20 episodes of a television show, which is why every episode's a different year of Thanksgiving, and so she's she's gone by the fifth episode at least. But
1: do they do they have it in the same place or do they like do they do they move?
0: Well, it's a moving house. They live in an like RV. Like the
1: Carousel of Progress?
0: The car- they live in the they live in an RV version of the Carousel of Progress? They do Thanksgiving there. It takes up four lanes. Yeah, don't they
1: burn the turkey and then like, you know, like like Alexa?
0: <gasps> she lit up Um, They burn the turkey, um, but the robot dog comes and takes that one also. So the trick is that the further they get in the future, the more technology there is, but the same thing keeps happening. The dog keeps taking the turkey, and they don't learn
1: the lesson. That's why you can't let your dogs get the turkey. No, you let them in the trash. You let them eat chocolate. Oh, yeah. You let
0: them eat the good stuff. Not chocolate. Yes, the good stuff. Dogs like chocolate.
1: Well, yeah, they would like it. They shouldn't have it.
0: Yeah, I've never seen a dog be like, "I don't want that chocolate."
1: Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what
0: those dogs say to me too. Yeah, dogs dogs are yapping, but, um, well, then of course, you know the the big mid season change in Turkey Day. Mm. Tell us about it. Um, there was that there there was that one time where. Um, the next-door neighbor came over.
1: The neighbors to the left of the, us. The,
0: the neighbors to the left of us, they came over um, because their, their, ter- their oven burned down, the house. And so you can't have the next-door neighbors come in, but the next-door neighbor comes in, Did I do that? And then all of a sudden, then everyone wants to see the next-door neighbor. And then over all the years, slowly this other family sort of like... Like Lord of the Flies.
1: Like takes over. The other
0: family takes over. And so. Like a backdoor pilot. Like a backdoor pilot. But it just keeps going and so of course this season finale mm. um, the the new family now the dominant family in the house of turkey day they they eat the, the old family
1: they eat the old family and
0: Tummy is now part of the new family
1: well Tummy is now the head of, of the family
0: well yeah because he's Tummy and the next door neighbor they got together right did we do that and then and, um, and then triplets tum- they had triplets and Tummy ate the triplets oh and then ate the two dads. It was—I mean—it was, was a cartoon too. We didn't talk about that. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, that's right. It was—that was. It was a cartoon.
0: But then and midway through, it wasn't anymore.
1: You know, it went to real life when the neighbors came over. They really ate the people. Yeah, they're like,
0: like, and of course it was a reality show. We forgot to mention that too. Right. So the, those people are dead, and um, you know, the other family still on the loose
1: something about that this turkey day
0: and just how grateful we are that we have such great television um in our lives um i'm interested in what season two of turkey day looks like what the next 20 years in that family's life are like if you ask me i hope they don't spend a whole freaking episode where one of them goes to see what their sister's doing for no reason um
1: bringing it back
0: bringing it back uh, anything else you wanna you want to say before we wrap up
1: here season twos go for it
0: Hmm. season twos go for it
1: <gasps> oh my
0: gosh almost dropped the beer. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's all the time we have left for this week's episode of the Tyler Grimes Show. I'd like to thank my special, beautiful co-host, Kimmy Johnson. Thanks for stopping by. Thank
1: you for having me. Be
0: sure to tune in next time for the Tyler Grimes Show Christmas Pageant. Until then, I'm Tyler Grimes. I'm
1: Kimmy Johnson. You're you. And, and this, this was, was the, the Tyler Grimes, Grimes, Grimes Show. Show. Good night. night. Gobble, gobble. I <laughs> do